sometimes you decide it's time to talk about feminism. So you invite a white dude into your closet. This is the Wayward Podcast. What? Yellow leather straps. What? Hi. 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 Charlie's still in my closet, oh. guys. We just had some of, so the best thing about uh, recording in Kim's closet mm-hmm. is the snacks that she has. You know me, I always like to talk about food. And uh, Kim always, I don't know, you get them at Costco, you think? Yep, 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 yep. Costco, shout out to Costco. There's always like a snack in her kitchen that I've never seen before um, in life, not just like in her kitchen. Today it was... um, Was it the mango or the seaweed crisp? The seaweed crisp. So it was half seaweed, half cracker, and they were salted. Was Mm -hmm. it a cracker? It was rice. I think it's a rice cracker. Oh, yeah, a rice cracker. Half seaweed on one side, rice cracker on the back. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, y'all. Charlie, how'd you feel about the snacks? I enjoyed the potato chip-covered uh, yes. almonds, as well as the seaweed yeah, crackers. Right? Yeah. Solid choices. You're like, what? Yes. I'm just having an almond? <laughs> it's just an almond. Secretly in a chip. In sugar and salt and chip. Yeah. 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 Love it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. So, uh, Charlie, do you want to tell us who you are, or do they already know who you are? Well, I can do a spiel. Uh, hi. I like spiels. Yeah, spiel it up. Uh, Sext. Sexting my spiel. Uh, I'm uh, I'm Charlie Capen. I'm vice president of a company called Gish, the greatest international scavenger hunt, which is a game played in a hundred countries. I'm also the father of two boys, and I'm a feminist. Ooh. Really? Uh-huh. What a well, genius intro! Funny mm-hmm. story. That's the topic of our podcast today. No. Yes, Gish. No, I'm kidding. No. Feminism. Yes. Feminism. Feminism. Yes. Yeah. You mean equality for women? What? Yeah, well, you know, Brianna, Boring. we thought to ourselves, who do we need to interview if we're going to finally talk about feminism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the answer was Charlie, yeah. a white dude. Yeah, yeah, a white guy with a beard. That's yes. the perfect person to talk to about women and equality. Well, yeah. what the beautiful thing is about our podcast is that we don't talk about um, facts. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, great. I, I see now. We talk about perspective and experience. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to admit that before I met you, I was told I would love you, mm-hmm. followed by because he's a feminist. Oh. And that was the beginning of my wanting to stab you. Really? Because in my mm. experience... Trying to co-opt feminism? <laughs> yeah, well, but no, in my experience, a lot of men define themselves as feminists because they care about the women in their lives. Right. They don't actually have any personal awareness. I'm a feminist because I have a daughter. Exactly. exactly. Totally. And you know what? Great. Empathy. Thank you. Let's start there. Totally. I'm not going to. So, yeah. So tell me. Yeah. Why you define yourself as a feminist. Um, I define myself as a feminist because uh, I acknowledge the treatment of women in the past and what needs to be done to correct it. I've witnessed it firsthand and I'm willing to acknowledge it myself. Okay. How has it harmed you? Uh, well, I mean, listen, I'm a white guy. I don't, it hasn't harmed me directly, but it's harmed our society. Um, uh, but I have watched it happen with my mom. So flashback to, um, I went to the White House to speak on a topic that was really near and dear to my heart, which is uh, how parents can help uh, break down gender bias. 
uh, I have two boys. So the idea that I would go to this A as a non-expert was stupid. I mean, I shouldn't have been there. We don't Google and we have a podcast. Go- well, there we see three people we're all listening. in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got to go to this amazing event that was an all-day event put on um, by some incredible people. Jess Weiner was is a woman who is a huge connector and activist and has shaped campaigns for Dove and Disney and all these people and moving them away from these sort of terrible tropes for girls and women. And we got to talk about how we're actually actively uh, talking to our kids about gender bias and gender stereotypes. Um, my story was about primarily about my mom and then sort of segued into my sons. My mom was a single mother. Uh, I say was because, well, technically she's still my mom and she still has to take care of me sometimes. But mm-hmm. you know, um, She uh, is an amazing woman, became an executive, one of the top 10 women in radio, one of the top 50 people in radio um, for a company that owns radio stations across the country. Um, radio industry is a very male-dominated industry. Um, and during the 80s and 90s, like, especially so. So I got to watch her deal with men all the time, uh, deal with them in terms of her pay, in terms of she's not feminine enough, she's too feminine, you know, all these questions that get thrown at her and watch how she had to fight and work harder than the men in her same category to have equal sort of say in the room. And then how that affected how I parent my two sons. Um, And there aren't as many men talking about how they're teaching their sons to be uh, partners with women. And I think at the end of the day, if we're going to really make inroads in fixing equality for women, we're going to have to have men help tear down these walls they've built themselves. Okay. Do you know any feminists in your life that happen to be men? Yeah, my husband. My husband is a feminist. And uh, as you said, it's easy to describe him as that because... He supports his wife and daughter and their equality in this world. But I would dare to say he's more of a feminist than I because he brings perspectives to my um, to my perspective that I never would have considered. He is an intersectional feminist, yes. um, which is something that I don't think I knew anything about until the yeah. last couple of years. It's really made a big Huge. impact yeah. on feminism. Define it for us. Oh, well, I okay, don't think for, I can. Me, for me, um, for me, because I know nothing and I'm old. I will give my non-Google definition, which is uh, the idea that um, feminism through different race um, and I think um, gender, um, not association, identity, identity and um, so is it like different people cultural? have different experiences within feminism? Like, like saying me as a white woman has a very different experiment, experiment and experience in the world as a black woman, as a, a as Latino a cis woman, woman that as a yeah is yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, the so, meeting so point of all these groups honoring of the fact that feminism isn't about middle class white ladies. Yes, right. <laughs> right. okay. Um, and that within feminism, there are people who are more um, not entitled. What's the privileged. word when you have privilege? That there is that there is privilege within uh, feminism as well. Yes. And honor. Okay, okay, I do understand that. Um, I want to hop back to specifically feminism serving men, mm. because it is just I'm I'm not a dude. I don't identify as male. Uh, but it has been my observation 
there is a there is a an assumption that as a man you should be able to make a woman do stuff like you should it is your job it's your job to make me happy it's your job to make me like you it's your job to make me and the idea that i'm challenging that now actually threatens your identity so feminism if you didn't think it was your job to make me anything wouldn't that also serve you as a dude? Well, it serves us in a lot of ways. I think um, it serves us when, um, you know, we talk about gender roles. You know, my my son went to an after-school class that I wanted to go to. It sounded amazing. It was called Yoga and Chocolate. And I yeah. 100% would have signed <laughs> up for that. You got reel him in there. Right yeah. there. And uh, he was the only boy in the class, and the girls kind of shoot him away and said, this is for girls. What are you doing here? <sighs> So gender, gender roles in general are not helpful because they don't allow us to define our experience. And um, if anything, those gender roles keep us fix, fixed and stuck to jobs that we may not even want. Um, and I think that it also cuts out the ability for us to, you know, for boys and men to be caretakers and empathetic and all these other things, right? So I think feminism also evens the playing field for men and boys to define themselves as they want to be defined. So I love the fact that you talked about gender roles as opposed to gender power. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of my experience around feminism is very power-based. Yeah. And that's... Um, that's a, that's a really personal experience. Totally. Like if I feel like I don't have any power in a room, yeah. I'm powerless where even if everybody else in the room is like, well, you the boss, like my experience is that I'm powerless. So you have to give me your power. Right. And then we get into this fucked cycle yeah. of who's responsible for how a person feels. Right. And also for men to feel like they're either the aggressor or the victim of a scenario. I think men, um, I've seen it a lot in corporate America too, where, you know, uh, men will shut down women or they'll shut them down for having an emotional response to something, or they'll shoo them out of rooms and things like that, or not hear them out. It's the same with race in a lot of cases too. Mm -hmm. These agencies and these places that have nobody on staff that are women or are of different background or ethnicity, uh, it, it's harmful to the dialogue. It's not helpful. And so uh, for me, not being a woman, I can't I can't uh, assert the power or the conversation that needs to happen. For me, it's really about what is my role in this and how do I create roles for other people so that they have space and, and give give and protect space for other people. Um, I, you know, I, I've learned more about feminism, I think, than from black feminists in the past three years than I've mm. learned in my entire life. They have given me a perspective that has changed in that intersectional dialogue has given me a, a, a perspective on <clears throat> where I need to stop talking and listen, where I need to <clears throat> hold back a wall or push a wall back myself in my day to day. Because there's it's not just about the big stuff. It's not just like who are we voting for and, you know, how do I change the like gender pay gap? It's also the day-to-day -day of how you approach women and, and what is uncomfortable and unacceptable. Yes. One of yes. my favorite things Charlie ever did. So the first time we hung out was at a house in San Diego. We were all under the same roof. And yeah. it was mayhem. It was awesome. <laughs> it was but, um, but I had already decided I was a fan of Charlie. You had convinced me could. that so I tricked you. a dude could be a feminist mm -hmm. and not be sycophantic, not be doing it. Like, that's the other thing. When I hear a man tell me he's a feminist, 
I immediately hear, and this is my brain, but I immediately hear, so you have to like me and agree with what I say. I'm like, fuck you. You don't get to call yourself a feminist. I will call you a feminist. I'm a fucking woman. Just like I don't get to call myself an ally. Somebody else defines me. Like I get very, don't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. Um, But I had agreed that indeed I I thought you were allowed to define yourself and maybe I was open to the definition of yourself that you chose to give yourself. That's Wasn't very, that so nice of you? That was to nice. Do that. I'm I, so I'm you know, so I'm like fucking Gandhi, motherfucker. <laughs> um, but we were I was in putting on makeup and I can't and I can't remember what it was. I shouted something to you that was an insult. It was a joking insult, but it was an insult. And you responded, suck my balls. <laughs> and I was so delighted that there was such an such respect for me. Uh-huh. And it's weird because there are other women that would have been like, yeah. <gasps> yes. anathema, shun him. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, the fact that you didn't need to edit yourself and your reaction and your sense of humor for my gender identity right. actually felt more respectful. Well, I think that comes from, one, you know, here, here's the deal. Men need to pay more attention. I'm just going to say that as a blanket statement. I need to pay more attention and talking to the person that is in front of you and knowing and looking at the cues of the person and also respecting their boundaries and the space that they've created for themselves. I know if I'm paying attention, I know I can play with you in a way that is flippant and uh, apparently a feminist is talking about his balls, but (laughs) I'm not going to do that with other people because I haven't established boundaries. I haven't established credibility or reputation or thoughtfulness about that person. You read the room. Well, and also consent. That's another thing. The idea of universal consent. Well, you let, you let him hug you. How come you won't let me hug you? Right. That's yeah, I let my husband fuck me. Right. Why are you like it's exactly. the same thing? This is this is the person I've chosen to give consent to. I don't. It, there is no such thing as universal consent. No. So the idea that there is one set of rules for everyone is challenging to me. Well, and this is the way we need to approach gender, race. We need to approach people individually because I don't think there's a one size fits all. And I think when we are open to the other person enough and say, okay, I know who this person is in front of me enough to make educated guesses. This is why I don't buy this bullshit that men are like, I didn't know she didn't want me to do it. I didn't know that was inappropriate. Like, you know, whacking off in front of that woman is inappropriate based on where your stature is in power and also based on the consent in the room. I think it's not about being sycophantic, but I think being truly yourself means you grant space for others. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, and it's also, I feel like, I think that there is this strange need for men to try to um, cerebralize every um, allegation. Right. They just go, okay, so, and I think that's based in fear. I think yeah, that they're like, 100%. I think I, 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 you know, I've talked about this is just going, okay, what, at what point have I maybe met, made men uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Probably not that many because of a power thing, but maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm sure a lot of men are doing that. And there's this need to, when we talk about feminism, this is an adjacent topic, but uh, this need to call women a certain kind of thing um, and then consider that a feminist. Like, uh, like a lot of people call me scary. 
men like to call me scary. And to them, that equals me being a strong woman. To them, they think that's a compliment. And I'm like, if you're scared of me, that does not make me scary. Right. Hey. Um, But it's uh, this kind of... In my experience, I find that sometimes men who call themselves feminist is because they are able to um, put up with a woman like me. These are conversations I've had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that is an unfortunate failing of, I think, men yeah. who are, I mean, that's this concept of negging, right? It's yes. like, I'm going to talk shit to you about you until you go with what I want is so in, inane to me because you're literally just trying to break someone down. This idea that they call you scary, the intent there is so that you'll be softer mm-hmm. and more compliant. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, if I'm strong with who I am and my masculinity, mm-hmm. I don't need to do that shit. Well, and also, who is responsible for a person's feelings? Right. Like, I think the dynamic in our culture overall is, blanket statement here, but I think the overall dynamic is that a woman is indeed responsible for a man's emotional feeling. Like, for how a dude feels. Right. Like, it's my job to make you feel okay. Comfortable, strong, whatever it is. And if my actions are giving you an emotional experience... That is not okay. Yes. That it is your job to change me. Right. So that I do make you feel okay. Well, I think also within feminism, there, for me at least, there's a concept of treating people as human. You know, putting people in the box of male, female, or or any of the other categories immediately puts you into an oversimplified code of conduct. If I know how you, how your humor works and I know how your humor works and I know how someone else's humor works, that code of conduct is going to shift. It's, it's not a, uh, again, it's not a black and white issue. And it's more about me telling you what my experience exactly. is as opposed to you defining Defining it for you and then impressing upon you that idea that I maybe have gotten from somewhere else based on my upbringing and all this other bullshit. I will get so focused on someone else not giving me my power yes that i will not recognize how i have perpetuated that on someone else but and that's the male experience it's literally the male experience it's saying if i don't uh define and hold the pedestal of my power and i'm giving it away when in reality you're empowering others to make the world function better it's the same thing with any other relationship you're saying I'm allowing someone to be who they are and get the benefit of them being who they are and not trying to impress upon them something that isn't true and real. They're a human being. So what's hard for you about that? What's Well, I mean, you know, I, I there's a perception that I lose out by allowing other people to sort of step forward. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of good with that because, I mean, I look at the you know, millennia of time that's passed and look at what's happened. Look who's been in power. Look how things have turned out in a lot of these cases. Look at how much violence there's been. The net result of male fragile ego and anger has been lashing out, especially for white men. So you do feel that you've lost something Uh, by choosing a mindset of feminism. I feel like I've gained more than I've lost, but I feel that there are moments when I'm quiet when I would love to speak, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that yeah. sacrifice because I'd rather have someone say it and someone speak up who hasn't spoken up. And also, 
the reality that sometimes we, meaning me as well, need to remind ourselves is I don't need to fucking talk all the time. Yeah. Just because I want to and don't get to does not mean that I'm right, right. and you're wrong. Right. And sometimes I feel that conflict comes up for me with men when they feel like they're not being heard. And my argument is just because you don't get to talk right now does not mean you will not be heard. That's a good point. Um, That's a great point. I think also men, I, I look at the power centers for men and masculinity. Mm-hmm. We're sort of redefining what it means to be masculine in a lot of ways. Like Pierce Morgan tweeted out some bullshit about changing diapers or, you know, how, what a, what a wuss you are for that. I, you know, what? There's so much oh, I remember fragility that. Yeah, about, I remember that. or like Russell Brand going on to talk about like how he's a terrible father and he lets his wife do everything. So you know what's? I remember my father talking to my husband um, when when I was pregnant, and he said that I never changed a diaper in my life. Very, yes, exactly. Charlie made the go get him gesture. Um, never changed a diaper in my life. And Travis is like, oh, I don't, I don't plan on parenting that way. Da, da, da. Fast forward to my daughter at three months old. And it was just she and I visiting my dad in his house in Portland. And um, she was lying on the floor. And dad didn't know that I was present. I was I was listening from around the corner because he was bent over her and he was saying, "Yes, hello. You make the, the you, can you make that face? Can you make the face? Can you talk to me? I will listen to you because I never listened to my children and I will talk to you because I never talked to my children." Wow. So I think some of the most hardcore I'm never going to change a goddamn diaper are hardcore, hardcore because there is a deep awareness of something missing and I don't do myself a service when I react to that hardcore I'm never going to change a diaper by saying fuck you you're a lousy dad fuck you mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. so I need to remember that I don't by, by being open to another experience doesn't mean I'm sacrificing my power or stepping back from my journey. Yeah. It's an exploration. You're seeing what could be possible. You know, uh, I, I mean, like the, the thing Pierce Morgan said was, you know, look how, look how, uh, emasculated, uh, Daniel Craig looks wearing a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And the I was baby, like, the ba- are you, yeah. ki- are you ki- the, the, Some of the most masculine moments I ever had, uh, besides, you know, you obviously know, making the baby or, uh, <laughs> or wearing my baby or hiking with my baby, yeah. or ha- yeah. having them close, having them sleep on me. I was like, I feel so strong right now. And also at the same time, so vulnerable. Cause I'm like this, you're, you're, my heart is outside my body. You're yes. literally my Achilles heel. The, there's a strength in softness, yeah. not weakness, but softness. If you're doing it, the role is masculine. Correct. Doesn't matter what it is that you're doing, it's manly for you to be doing it. One hundred percent. I mean, and this is the issue is when we narrowly define masculinity, because this is the thing is I can't define myself a feminist unless I really 
define my masculinity in some ways because there is such a sort of yin and yang to that in so many ways. And I, I love that there's a third choice and a fourth choice and a fifth choice now where people define themselves as what they want to be, whether yep. they're a they, that's them. That's I love right. it. I, I love, love that it too. Because that's doubling down on this concept of redefinition. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, I realize that like there are core elements of what I think is masculine. You know, strength is like one piece of like one one hundredth of the whole thing. You know, stillness and presence of mind and integrity and all these other pieces of that puzzle that are not uniquely masculine, not un no. but are yet part of how you express your own. I've masculinity. chosen them as part of who I am as okay. a man. You know, yeah. and also in context with watching men. I mean, it's super easy, guys. Super easy. See what men do that are terrible. Don't do that. Call it masculinity. Yeah. Good work. Like literally just don't be terrible. Don't be trash. And yeah. then try it out. I find it there's uh, um, I can't speak on Travis, but it sounds like you and I know Jose. Um, Jose finds it very easy to be a feminist. And I don't, he, he does call himself a feminist, but not for any kind of attention. I remember we were at a movie theater once and I don't remember who the actor was, but I saw a large picture of an actor who's been famous for many years. And I said something like, um, oh, men are so lucky. They just get better looking as they get older. And Jose said, women do too. Society just doesn't let them. And he said it so off the cuff and it just like hit me so hard, but he didn't say it as in like, this is a meme I read on the internet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is me holding the he door was just like, for you. Me. Yes, Look how I'm, special yeah. I am. Oh, that happens with dads too. It's like, uh, you know, look at this dad being a dad. He's doing he's that dad thing. Oh my God, take wow. a picture. He's babysitting. Oh my God, he's baby babysitting. Oh, no, no, don't no. get me started. No, he's no. not babysitting. He's I not say that, see, that's why I say, I would say that to Jose. And he'd be like, you say that one more time because he's like, I am not a babysitter. I am a parent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but it's... yeah, he'll call me on the shit all the time. That's why I always say he's I, I learn from him. Yeah. It's the idea that we ex women exist and take up space in the world. And it's not really about like me giving my space to anyone. It's about making sure that they have their space. It's about admitting mm. that it's already there. Yeah, exactly. And and being good with that and trying to work toward it because, you know, I, I could, I could be greedy and jealous and say, this is my space, get out of my space. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't mine to begin with. How do we balance it is the question, right? So there are all these amazing researchers. There are all these amazing personalities. There's all these, all these amazing writers who talk about this subject and they actually have advice. Like, <laughs> Sorry, shoes fell no, over. The patriarchy broke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what broke it? My boot. Your boot, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, uh, switching gender pronouns when you're talking about, like, doctor, lawyer, whatever. Simple. Really easy. Like, they have these simple ways that you can even up the playing field and the mindset that we just don't even think about. And it all it takes is, like, a little bit of desire to learn mm -hmm. and a little bit of desire to, like, be wrong or not know. And, and then, some courage. And a little, I mean, a little. Yeah. But really, is it courageous? I don't think so. But the people who are yeah. walling themselves up to it yeah. are doing it because they are scared. I'm going to define my masculinity, but I'm also going to define it in a way that allows other people to fully express what they are. Yes. So I'm Woo! not responsible for them, but they can be whatever they want to be. Woo! Love that. Boom. Mic drop, but don't drop the mic because it's Wait, mine oh, no, and I paid okay. a lot of money no, for please it. No, please don't, don't, don't. I don't. I don't. Um, just got it up and working. Well. Yeah. Well done, Charlie. Yay, Charlie. 
I don't know why I always love to speak in a little bit of a British accent and, and when I say like, your name. Hello there. Yeah. Hello there. Uh, yeah. Do you get that a lot? Uh, a Just little bit. Just me? Well, do a... you get cheer up? I do. What? Cheer up, Charlie? Oh, dude, I'm sorry. Is that a thing? I'd Charlie, like to, tuna. I'm like, I'm proud that sure. I've never said that to you. Mm-hmm. I'm super proud of that, but I was like, "What are things that I love that name?" But it's that's... going, it's uh, it's endangered. I find way more girls and women named Charlie. Now yeah, than yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That was a fun sidebar for you guys listening at home. Um, thanks again for joining us in Kim's closet. Yeah. Thanks. I learned a lot. I really did, and I can't wait for everybody else to hear this. I learned a lot too. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Cool thanks. Thank you, Kim Rhodes. Thank you, Brianna Buckmaster.